Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of whatever podcast you're listening to. I'm today's host and dungeon master, Miles Trout, and I'm here to promote my new podcast, Toast of the Realms, which is a live play Dungeons and Dragons adventure. Today, I am joining Josh and Tammy from Four Nerds by Nerds. Say hi. 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 <laughs> and uh, Chris and Brandon from the Geek Peak. What up, what up? <laughs> Greetings, adventurers! Hail and well met. Um, so uh, today, I, I want to thank you guys for having me on your shows, because uh, this wouldn't work if you weren't going to put it on your channels, too. So I appreciate you all. Thank you so much. Um, today, we're going to be playing Dungeons & Dragons for your entertainment. Uh, for this episode, I have boiled down the rules of Dungeons & Dragons to their most basic form. On Toast of the Realms, we're playing with the full gambit of rules, but because there are five rule books, it, probably more at this point, that's too many rules. So we're just, for today's purposes, going to boil it down, and we're going to play what I call D&D Junior. Are you guys ready to learn how to play? Teach me like I'm your child. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to take it real slow, but I'm going to ask you questions, like if you have any questions between each section, just in case you do, which I imagine you will at some point here. So Dungeons and Dragons is a role-playing game. So that means you are playing a character. So you are no longer podcasters. You are now the residents of the planet Yarth, which is the planet that Toast of the Realms takes place on. So why don't you tell the audience each of your character names and what kind of characters you are? I am Hildebrand Cumberbatch, human fighter. I will be your shield. I'm Ksenia, a tieflin rogue. I am Almac Belcax, Dragonborn <laughs> Barbarian. I am Aquisitus the Endowed, the Mighty Wizard. Aquisitus <laughs> <laughs> the Endowed. So from now on, I'll try and refer to you guys by your character names. Uh, it's not going to go great because I'm really bad about that. Uh, it's just the nature of the game. So as the dungeon master, my job is to set the scene. Uh, I play all of the NPCs, also known as non-playable characters, for you to talk to and I get to respond to your requests. So this is collaborative storytelling. So anything that you guys say that can fit into the narrative totally happens, and I will adapt it to the story. So if you decide you have pink underwear, then it's canon. You have pink underwear. If your uncle was a pervert, totally. Sounds great. Well, not great, but you know what I'm saying. If you want to burn down a town and kill all the NPCs, that's your prerogative, but uh, we're going to not do that today, if you don't mind. Don't kill everybody. Uh I do have the power to tell you no to something if it breaks the game or otherwise is problematic for the session, but a good dungeon master says yes and as often as possible. Do you have any questions about the general what is Dungeons and Dragons? I am good. All right. So um, anything you do in this game is related to chance. So you will be rolling a 20-sided die, also known as a D20, to determine if you are successful at doing what you describe. So if you roll high, you will be successful. If you roll poorly, you will fail. A 20 on the 20-sided dice is as big as it gets, so that's called a natural 20. That's a guaranteed success at whatever you're doing, and it's worth celebrating. A one on the dice, on the other hand, is a critical failure. Not only do you fail, but something terrible happens as a result of your actions. Questions on the dice? 
Nope. Okay. Don't roll a one. Don't roll a one. Ones are bad news. I rolled. I was. I said to myself, "All right, I'm going to do a D and D podcast. Let's see how it goes." And I rolled a D and I got a one. And I was like, "Oh no, this isn't going to be good I, I at all." I don't know where you guys, but I'm notorious for rolling ones instantly. So, Perfect. good luck. <laughs> um, so, and if you guys don't have dice, I sent you a link to a dice rolling emulator. So, if you haven't seen that yet, that's there. Um, so before each of you is a character sheet, you will be referencing that constantly because that is who you are. So your abilities and items are on that character sheet, which will tell you what your talents and deficiencies are. So that's like your reference point is your character sheets. On your character sheets, the first thing you will see is hit points. Just like a video game, your hit points are how much life you have or health. If it drops to zero, you do not die. You fall unconscious. You want to avoid that because if you are unconscious for three rounds, you're dead. That's it. That's when you're dead. No coming back from that one. Your friends can try and help you when you go down, but they need to be not preoccupied, which is usually kind of difficult when you're in the middle of combat. The maximum number of hit points you can have are below that little slash I put on there. So uh, some of you guys have like, uh, let me see here, uh, 80 hit points and some of you have like 35. So it's a pretty wide spectrum of how much damage you can take. Questions on hit points? No. Okay, good. Uh, the next thing you see are is uh, the statistic for your armor class. Your armor class determines how difficult it is to hit you. Since this game is all chance, there's going to be a lot of attacks that just miss or they don't pierce somebody's armor. Uh, we will roll dice to see who can hurt each other, and I will be rolling to try and hurt you guys, and you'll be rolling to try and hurt me. Uh, if the dice meets or exceeds the number of your armor class, it will hit you and do damage. If it is lower than that number, it will miss. Questions on armor class? Okay, I know I'm throwing a lot of information at you guys, so if you come up with any questions, feel free to stop me and just say, hey, like, I don't remember exactly what you're talking about here. But I will also guide you through this as we go here. The next thing you're going to see is your movement speed. So you can run 30 feet in 6 seconds. That's about the average for D&D. Each round of combat lasts for six seconds, which is why that is your speed. Um, so even though I will address you individually during combat, each round, everything is happening simultaneously. So like I'll, each of you will take a turn and then it'll play out. And that's what happened over the course of that six seconds. Uh, questions about movement speed. Okay. Um, your next stat is what they call modifiers, and they're your skills, essentially. So I believe, I, what did I put? call them, stats on your character sheets? Let me see here. Mm -hmm. Yes, okay, so I called them stats. Yeah, character stats. Uh, if you're looking at the dice emulator, it's going to ask you what your modifier is, and that is the number that you're going to add there. So you have physical, which is going to be your, like, I swing a sword, I stab people, I roll and try and dodge, whatever, things like that. Your intelligence is uh, very, you're being very clever and you're thinking about stuff or you're figuring out problems, so on and so forth. Um, and then the last one is charisma, which is your people skills. Um, so for nobody is good at everything except for Ksenia. She is a little bit good at everything, but otherwise everyone's got like 
a skill. So uh, I'm trying to remember everybody's character names here. Uh, Inquisitus the Endowed is a magic user, so his intelligence is super high. But you wouldn't he wouldn't want to arm wrestle anybody because he has very low physical. And on the other hand, uh, Hildebrand is a fighter, so he can be tactical and kick people's asses. But you don't want him to help you with your algebra homework. Questions? I pick things up and put them down. Nailed it. That's exact. Well, between you and Almac. I was going to say, I'm, I'm the dumbest there's ever been. No contest. <laughs> I think at least one of you has a negative in the intelligence zone. So that sounds about I'm right. I'm a negative That's one me. in intelligence yeah. also. This dumb is me. I have a brother. <laughs> Um, so your next thing that you're going to see is your gear. It's a little bit bigger of a table. So your armor is going to determine your armor class. Usually there's a little bit more to it than I put there. But if you lack armor, your armor class is lower and you're going to be much easier to hit like Almac. Uh, questions about armor? Okay. Your weapons are obviously used for murder. Uh, behind your weapons, I have listed the damage that they can do. If you see the letter D and there's a number following it, that's the size of dice you're going to use. So there are four-sided, six-sided, eight-sided, ten-sided, twelve-sided, and twenty-sided dice used in this game. The twenty is the most important. Do you have any questions about that? I think I might need to specify. Yes. Hold on. I do have a question. So when I when I use, say, my two-handed maul, parentheses, heavy-ass hammer... And I, I I roll a d10 that gives me plus five damage in addition to my physical, which is already plus five. So then I would be a plus ten modifier on my physical attack. I actually just put the modifier there to make your life easier. So it's uh d what it was a d8 is that what you just said? Uh, I have so many one things. One d4 up. plus five. One so d4. whatever you get on the d4 plus five damage. That's yes. your total, right? Yes. And I gave a couple of you multiple choices for what weapons you have. So, like, you can have either a two-handed battle axe or a maul, which is a heavy-ass hammer. So, if uh, if you doesn't matter which one you pick, but pick one of those two. I wasn't sure what flavor of barbarian you would want to be. My maul. Yes. And so, that the same goes for everybody else, too. So, let's see here. Um, Brandon, you can choose any martial weapon. So, that would be a sword, axe, spear, mace, Sword and board, baby. Sword and board. Sword and board it is. So, you also have the shield. So, that means that you can add one to your armor class when you're wearing it, which makes you a 17. So, keep that in mind. You might want to edit yes. it now if you just want to always have your shield on you. Sure. Okay. Any other questions about the weapons? All right, moving on. Weapons are used for health and other buffs. So some people, I think one person has a potion that does something special. Um, everybody, I'm giving you all a health potion because you don't really have a healer in the group. So at, uh, there's points where you might want to consider drinking your health potion and recovering your hit points. Uh, questions on those? I have a potion that lets me change my fire breath to frost. It's going to be pretty <laughs> dope. It's going to be pretty dope. Cold as ice. 
Um, so next is your magic items, trinkets, or quest items specific to you. Uh, you can employ these items in whatever creative ways you can think of. I reward creativity in everybody. So the more descriptive you can be, the more fun everyone's going to have, and the more likely I'm going to be like, sure, that just happens. Why not? So get crazy <laughs> with it. Um, the quest items, are, are I just put them in there for flavor. If you couldn't think of like backstories and stuff, that maybe it would just give you a little twinkle of inspiration, but you don't have to bring them up at all, or you can pepper it in and see how things go. Questions on items. Uh, Tammy, you have a bunch of items. You have like trinkets and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I do. If any of that stuff pops up for you and you're like, I oh, wonder about it, feel free to ask. Okay. Um, for your convenience, I put the phases of combat next on the character sheets. So you kind of always know right there are your options on what you can do each round in combat. So each round is going to have an action or main action. So that's the main thing you're doing. You're swinging a sword or whatever. A bonus action and a movement. You don't have to do any of these things in a round, or you can do all of them, any mix. You don't have to do anything when it's your turn. I recommend it, but you don't have to. So like I said earlier, each round of combat is six seconds. So 10 rounds of combat is a minute in the game. Most fights last no more than 18 seconds in the game, which is really silly. So um, why don't each of you guys go through and just, since the audience is probably tired of hearing my voice already, go ahead and go through what you have listed as actions. So um, Chris, why don't you do the first two for us? All right. So action number one, we've got attack. Use your maul to deal some damage. <laughs> then we've got flee, uh, which is when you turn and run, which is not something Almac does. Charge, <laughs> which is incredibly important for me personally. Um, move double your normal speed. Uh, hide, which is run for cover and hope that the enemy doesn't see you. Something else you don't do, right? <laughs> these next two things are, yes. I was going to say, someone else should explain these next two because I have nothing to do with these actions. All right, Josh. I cast a mighty spell. <laughs> <laughs> some spells take a full action to cast and some of them are a bonus action. And then what's the next one? Uh, use ability. Every character has a special ability they can deploy as an action. Yes, and I believe so, that Chris actually has one that's a bonus. A, a couple of you might have bonus action abilities. Yes. Ah, yes. Rage. <laughs> yes. Rage, rage, fucking rage. <laughs> I should put like heavy metal music behind every time that you're raging. <laughs> <laughs> um, BFG so. Division from Doom 3, please. Perfect. <laughs> So each of you also has an, abil an ability or more than one ability, uh, which you can reveal throughout the game. That's kind of going to be fun when, uh, especially when Josh's comes up, which I'm sure he's going to abuse. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, there is spells. And I think only two of you are capable of doing spells. And with each spell, I wrote whether it was an action or a bonus action to make your lives easier. Questions on the character sheet in general. We all feel comfortable? I think I'm good. Let's do it. All right. Good shit. Let's do it. That went much quicker than I thought it would. And of course, uh, we're gonna you're gonna be able to ask me questions and all that good stuff. 
Miles from the Disc Dump Podcast. Do you have a mountain of DVDs, games, or music that you just can't decide what to do with? I do too! And the Disc Dump Podcast is all about deciding what you want to keep and what you want to dump. Do you like trying terrible drinks? Pumpkin pie soda. (laughs) And at the bottom, it says, y'all get your fixins. How about exploring weird ads for websites like Wish.com? Okay, so it's one of those silicone uh, torsos. And you get it right on the head of the silicone torso. That has an advantage on this one. (laughs) Do you want deep intellectual discussions about the finer points of music, cinema, or game design? I have no idea where I am right now, so... Then check out the Disc Dump Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And that's disc with a C, by the way. Hello, I am Chris from the Geek Peak Podcast, and I am very excited to introduce my two friends here. Miles? Hello, I'm Miles from the Disc Dump Podcast. And Josh? Hi, I'm Josh from the Four Nerds by Nerds Podcast. We are very, very excited to be doing a brand new podcast together. We are joining forces, and we are going to be reviewing horror movies. It is called High on Horror. That's going to be our podcast where we talk all about horror movies. We're going to review them, and we're even going to have some audience participation. I hope you guys are excited. The show will debut on the first day of fall, September 22nd, so be on the lookout for that. Until then, you can follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at HonHPod, where we'll be pumping out quality content all the time. And remember, life is tough, so why not take a break and get high on horror? The adventure begins, my friends. So, our journey begins with the party, who is a small group of friends, just to make life easier. You're all friends. You're approaching Flavortown. There's a sign outside the gate that says Town in bold letters, but then there's a red X painted over it, and someone wrote below it, In Trouble, as, uh, so you guys notice that, and you're like, hmm, that's a little weird. You make your way through the small town, and you don't seem to see a lot of people hanging out in the streets. Um, You find your way to a tavern, which is where you're going to get some drinks and some refreshments, and it's called the Triple D Tavern. (laughs) You walk inside and see two long tables, one on each side of you. Directly ahead is the bar. At the bar, there's a husky dwarf that is manning it. He has blonde, spiky hair and is wearing a shirt that has flames on it. Um, So the the tables are parallel to each other and run perpendicular to the bar. And on your left is a table of four rapscallions drinking and playing cards. So why don't we all roll perception checks, which are under the intelligence, uh, intelligence modifier. So you're going to roll a d20, and you're going to add whatever your modifier is under intelligence. Hildebrand has rolled a 15, with modifiers included, of course. Almac has 10. I, I got 14. I rolled a nat 20. A nat 20. Nat 20, all right. <laughs> yeah. I oh my. The first roll of the game. We're off to a good start. Blah, 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 blah. So, yes, I wish I had that button. Can I comment upon the bartender's impeccable style? (laughs) 
Absolutely. Um, he's definitely going to hear you say that. So with the Nat 20, you're going to notice. Everyone kind of notices who's there, but in fine detail, Ksenia sees that one of them is what's called a Goliath. A Goliath is like a shorter cousin of the giants. They're big and intimidating. They have kind of like gray skin, but he's wearing glasses and appears to have braces on. Uh, another one is a halfling that looks just like Bruce Lee, and he's wearing a gi. And he's got his face is doing all the emotion stuff, and she makes out that he has a nunchuck on his belt. The next is a two-foot-tall gnome with an eye patch and spiked gauntlets on his hands. And uh, lastly is an orc with a huge battle axe on his back, and he's eyeing you guys as you enter with a confident smirk on his lips. And with the Nat 20, you kind of determine that he's running the show, and they're all just drinking and having a good time, but there's like a level of like they're looking to him to see what their next move is. What do you guys do? I shout angrily to the bartender to serve me a flagon of ale. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's see here. What's his voice going to sound like? <clears throat> Flagging of ale coming right up. By the way, my name's Guy. I'm the proprietor of the Triple D Tavern Inn. Uh, where can I get the rest of you? Guy, might I say that your style is impeccable. I, too, would like a flagon of ale. <laughs> oh, gotta say, don't get a lot of compliments on that. Thank you. Uh, coming right up. Anyone else? <laughs> uh, I shall stick with my my pipe. Oh, heck yeah, get me some ale. Ale it is. All right. Um, so he turns around and starts putting some uh, some beer and some flagons. Um, so, and he looks at you and he goes, this is a smoking establishment. You're totally okay to do that. Uh, so are you going to pop out the pipe? I'd like to turn to the other band of adventurers and give them a, a little cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers! <laughs> to adventure! I yell, cheers! <laughs> okay, so uh, bottoms up, you guys start drinking. So everybody who drinking, go ahead and roll me a charisma saving throw just to see how much of a fool you're going to act with the introduction of alcohol to your system. So roll a d20 and add your charisma modifier. And, uh... Uh, what's his name there is uh Equisitus. are you going to be partaking of your pipe during this time oh hell is to the yes <laughs> why don't you describe what's going on then uh i am i spark up <laughs> my, my mighty long pipe and blow a uh, a dancing beautiful lady of smoke beautiful Ooh. yeah Hildebrand has rolled a 16. 16? Okay, you're feeling gallant and glorious. I also rolled a 16. All mock. Alright. Kassanya rolled a 15. 15. Alright, you're all feeling good, but nobody's acting a fool. And, of course, the smoking is um, Aquisitus's ability he can smoke and create crazy things so i'm picturing like uh, a grass skirt hula lady dancing on the table in front of everybody doing some crazy shit yeah <laughs> sounds beautiful 
<laughs> All Mac sheds a tear at the hula dancer. <laughs> it reminds him of home. You never cease to amaze me with your skill, Inquisitors. Um, so Guy looks over at him. He's just like, whoa. <laughs> Dinner and a show, am I right? Um, hey, uh, you guys look like sturdy, battle-hardened folks. Uh, can, can I talk to one of you in the back room for a minute? Preferably the leader. And he, he looks over his shoulder and he goes, Marlon! Oh, but of course! <laughs> so you say, but of course. And as uh, as a, a little, uh, a little, we'll say he's a gnome. Or no, he's a dwarf. A dwarf pops up from the back holding a beer keg. And uh, Guy goes, Marty, can you please play the guests in our room? Some of your fantastic drumming. The louder and harder, the better. And he starts banging on the side of this thing like he's a street performer in New York City. Um, so I'm seeing that uh, Hildebrand is volunteering to be the leader and go into the back room. Does anybody else feel like they might be the leader? All Mac disagrees, but asks for another flag and a veil. <laughs> I just thought, under my character traits, All Mac, it is known that I am the leader of the group. <laughs> Or at least I think I am. <laughs> I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, so he goes, yep, you'll do. And he uh, he grabs Hildebrand by the shoulder and he pulls him into the back room to have a little conversation. And he, uh, he turns around. As soon as he walks in, he turns around with urgency. And uh, the door closes and he goes, those goons out there, they work for Andrew Antagonist. They've been going around town demanding taxes and fees from everyone. And if you can't pay, they take you away and you're never seen again. Not in Flavortown, at least. I don't know what to do. Can your party help me stop Andrew Antagonist? Those fiends, we shall rout them with ease. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to take that as a yes. <laughs> uh, so meanwhile, out there, let's see how this drumming performance is going to go. Oh, my God first roll from me is a natural one so the guy starts drumming thinking he's good at drumming and the side of the <laughs> cask bursts and a bunch of beer comes rolling out and is all fizzy on the floor and gross uh what do you guys do now i run to the open barrel and grab as much beer into my cup as i can salvage you like pick up the barrel and hold it over your head just dumping <laughs> the ale all over your body <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Um so our uh Hildebrand, are you going to convey to the party what you were just told as their uh, the commotion is kind of still going down? Before leaving his side, I would like to uh propose a stipulation, of course. We are a married band of adventurers. We do not work for free. <laughs> I'll give you two tickets to Flavortown, and I'll take you to whatever dive, d diner, drive-in, or bar I can think of, or dives, or whatever. Let me try that again. <laughs> Hold on. I have it written down because I knew I was going to fuck this up. Uh, I'll take you to whatever diners, drive-ins, and dives you're interested in, and maybe some gold on the side, too. <laughs> Make it four tickets, my good man, for the entire party, and we have a deal. So it shall be. We're playing a game called Dungeons and Dragons, and you had to think of words that started with <laughs> well, the diners, dragons, and dives. Yeah, it was Guy Fieri and shit. I don't know. Yeah. 
I shall gallantly prance back to the rest of my allies and tell them of our new plan to rout out the antagonist man. I can't remember his name. Andrew. That's the one. <laughs> Al Mac responds with, Andrew. <laughs> Will there we be blood? Hildebrand, will there be blood? Do you know this heinous man, Almac? I want to. <laughs> and you shall. Your maul will know his flesh and blood. Um, how about this, Almac? Go ahead and roll me a d20 and add your intelligence to try and remember if you've ever met him before. <laughs> oh, no, intelligence. Shit. <laughs> 18. 18, you totally met him before. Uh, from your uh, memories, he is... Uh, I'll, I'll just read the description Explo of him. I was saving Explo this for later. This is this is going to be good. Okay, hold on. Uh, he is a very strange creature from what you remember. Uh, he has eyes that kind of stick up on stalks. He has the ears of an elephant that are strangely bony. His, uh, his lips are very frog-like, and he has orange and white skin color, and he talks very silly. He talks kind of like, you're gonna be my enemy. <laughs> Andrew, the antagonist. I met him before. I hate that fucker's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Those cold yellow eyes. <laughs> so you're uh, you remember him and you've conveyed that. Um, so you know that the people at the bar work for him, and they're sitting and they're playing cards right now and drinking. Do you guys have any? How do you want to move forward here? Like if I was to guide you, I'd say you can find a way to try and persuade them to tell you something, or you can trick them. Uh, you can do all kinds of stuff, and I think there's somebody in the party who this might be in their skill set. Yes, I think that uh, I I want to I want to play cards with them to get the information. I want to beat them. Be like, hey, if I beat you. Give me the information of where uh, Andrew's located. Can we tell how drunk they are with per a perception check, perchance? Uh, sure. You roll me a um, a perception check, which is intelligence, and Ksenia, roll me a charisma check to see if they are convinced that they should take you up on your bet. Oh, boy. It's a four. <laughs> they look fine. They're totally sober. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well then. 18. 18. Um, they're like, you got any coin on you? Oh shit, I don't know. Yes, you totally do. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> All right, sit on down. We're playing Texas Hold'em. Uh, so, uh, you would like to beat them at cards. There's a there's a Texas on Yarth. Yeah, it's Texas Yarth. <laughs> You'd better believe there's a Texas on Yarth. Isn't that the capital, Miles? Or... <laughs> it's, uh, it's pronounced Tejas. The grand but... city of Texas. <laughs> That's a good idea, the city of Texas. I love it. <laughs> so, uh, Ksenia, you sit down and uh, you start dealing your cards out. And they don't really see a difference, really. They're like, eh, all right, whatever. Um, do you want to do anything special as you're dealing out the cards? No, they're my cards. I think I'm all right. Okay. 
Um, so your cards are trick cards. So um, roll me a physical check to just make sure that you're dealing them right and you're not fucking yourself over here. Nat 20. Holy Bruh. Moses, look at you go. <laughs> Dear God. Plus two, so 22, but... Oh, Nat 20 is a guaranteed success. So not only do you <laughs> whoop their asses at cards and you collect their money... Then they feel compelled to tell you exactly where Andrew Antagonist is. <laughs> <laughs> so the orc, uh, he looks over at all of them and he's like, why did you agree to this? And they're like, you, you're the boss, man. Why'd you agree to this? And he punches uh, the big guy in the head and he's like, what did I do? He's like, you agreed. And then um, the, the halfling, who looks like Bruce Lee, pulls a letter out of his pocket and he pulls a piece of paper out of it. And he keeps that on his person, and he hands you an envelope. On the envelope is the address of a small shack at the edge of Flavortown. So you know exactly where to go. Do you guys want to have any more conversations with them or anything like that? Yeah, is there any way I can get that piece of paper he kept? Um, so if somebody distracts him and you try and pick his pocket, you could go for that. But it would take a little bit of coordination with your friends. Almax shouts loudly and thumps his chest, asking the orc for an arm-wrestling match. <laughs> Funnily enough, Hildebrand has a bonus action of distracting a foe. I don't know if that's just for me, but I would <laughs> love to uh, do a jaunty dance to distract the enemies. Okay, so here's what happens. So uh, he gratefully accepts the uh, the arm wrestle thing here. So he goes, I ain't no wuss. And he sits down, he puts his arm up, and uh, Almac puts his arm up, and you guys lock arms. And the struggle begins. Your arms are shaking and you're pushing. Roll me a physical check to see if you are able to do that and are able to win. So roll a d20 and add your physical. Meanwhile, um... Hildebrand, go ahead and roll me a charisma to see how well they are distracted. And Ksenia, roll me a physical sleight of hand check to see if you're able to slip it right out while everybody is looking at uh, at uh, Hildebrand. I roll an eight. Nobody gives a shit that you're dancing. I still <laughs> dance my heart off. <laughs> okay. I roll a seven. Okay. 18. It is an ancient dance. Even though they do not appreciate it, I will continue to dance. <laughs> okay, so you're dancing, and uh, Ksenia sees that they're not really paying much attention to you. But she starts to, like, stick her hand out to pick something out of the pocket. And that is when Aquisitus sees what's going on. Aquisitus, come up with a way to distract them so that they don't see that she's about to pluck it. Smoke dragon. <laughs> Ooh. So you blow out this smoke dragon. Um, it's distracting. I rolled it out. And uh, so, Ksenia, you get that piece of paper out just in time for the orc to just smash Almac's hand against the table. It, it was a struggle for half a second. He's like, this is all you got? Wham! And he just smashes it right on the table. But you have the piece of paper now. Um, do, you, do you whip it out right there and start looking? Or are you going to try and find somewhere to be sneaky about it? Do you guys want to stay? Do you want to go? How's it going to go? We got to find someplace else. I'm not opening it since I just stole it. Good call. Fear not, Almac. 
you will be rejuvenated with my dance, and we shall leave this establishment as they clearly do not appreciate my moves. Almac <laughs> fumes. Fumes. Furious at his loss. It's all right, Almac. You'll get him next time. There won't be a next time. <laughs> I mean, you can pick a fight with these people if you want to fight them. I got stats. I'm ready. I assume someone would try and kill him right away, but... <laughs> Um, so it looks like Hildebrand is shaking his head. No, don't do that. Okay. Um, so we'll say you guys all step outside together after having a couple drinks. You're feeling pretty good. You, you won at cards. And uh, you open up that piece of paper. And I have to find in my notes what that piece of paper says. Uh, I called them rapscallions in my notes. Huh? Um, so... Uh, Passes to the old shack at the edge of town as the destination, and inside the envelope are orders to uh, kidnap Marty and Guy from the bar and bring them back to the master. What do you guys do? We have to save Marty and Guy. <laughs> All Mac thinks as he realizes it's really just so he could go kill those people. <laughs> well, you're not wrong. We gotta save them. A man such as Guy, with such elegant style, we must protect him and warn him of these vagrants that are meant to apprehend him for this horrible man. Almac approves. <laughs> I think we should go in and warn them. Almac bursts through the door. God damn it. Inquisitus. <laughs> <laughs> Surely, as one of the most knowledgeable men I've ever met, you have something to say about this? Acquisitus feels full, hearty. Pound <laughs> staff on the ground. <laughs> Let the battle commence. <laughs> <laughs> so, Almac fucking kicks in the door. Boom. And uh, he's immediately followed by Acquisitus, who's like, I'm thirst for blood. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, um, are you guys, like, gonna run up in their shit and just start whacking, or do you wanna, like, have, like, a, a some banter while somebody else goes and warns a guy, and so on and so forth? Or how do you wanna handle entering this place now that the only thing established is that you guys burst through like you're the Kool-Aid man? As they kick the door open, I enter and begin a new dance to hopefully distract them long enough for one of my companions to warn the bartender. I can go warn them. <laughs> Get your dance on. So this is what I'm happens. Entranced. You guys bust through this freaking door and Almac walks right up to him like he's mad at him and he puts his hands on the table and right behind him is Aquisitus who's like, it's hype man. He's like, yeah! And uh, <laughs> meanwhile, in the background, doing a hula dance exactly like the smoke earlier is uh, Hildebrand. <laughs> um, so uh, are you guys trying to intimidate him or whoop some ass? Intimidate. Okay. So I'm trying to somewhat distract. <laughs> okay, so um, Hildebrand, roll me a distraction roll while um, Almac tries to intimidate, but because Inquisitus is helping with the intimidation, you get advantage. So what that means is you're going to roll two d20s, and you're going to take the higher of the two rolls because he's helping you. Meanwhile, Ksenia, you are you're generally pretty sneaky, so I'm not going to make you roll for slipping into the back to talk to Guy, which we will handle in just a second once we hear some numbers. 
Do I have any modifiers for my dance? Charisma. Mmm, so I have a 14. Mm. 14's pretty good. It's better than last time. <laughs> what modifiers do I have? <laughs> for intimidation would also be charisma. 33. 33? Wait, what? You have to take the higher of the two that you just rolled. Oh. <laughs> 17. 17, that's good. <laughs> 33, I was like, whoa, how many sides does that dice have? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I rolled to see how distracted they were, and uh, we'll say that the uh, big Goliath, and, or the two little guys are both just like, whoa, he moves like an angel. As they're <laughs> watching Almec just entrance them, like, you like what you see? And uh, <laughs> meanwhile, Hildebrand slams his hands on the table and he's like, what do you say to him to be intimidating? Well, you have the names back up, backwards. But, but I am dancing. I say... What do I say? I tell them that they better watch out, otherwise we're gonna dance them out of this place. <laughs> Step it up. <laughs> Art thou froggy? <laughs> what did you say, Quizness? I said, Art thou feeling froggy? <laughs> <laughs> so, while the tension rises in the the main orc, he puts his hands on the table and stands up himself and he looks you dead in the eyes. Uh, in the back, Ksenia slips in and uh, is looking at Guy and he's just like, whoa, I thought you left. Hey, yeah, we're, we're not here for that. Listen, those guys out there, they're going to kidnap you and the cute little dwarf guy Ooh. or whatever he was. We need to get you out of here. Oh, okay. Uh, let me call him. And uh, he, he turns over his head and he is going to yell the guy's name, who I definitely didn't forget his name. Uh, Marty! Uh, <laughs> Marty pops up. So he's like, uh, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? There's a convenient back door right here. All right, that works. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to go out that. Do you want to come with us or do you want to go with your friends up there? Nah, I should probably help them. Okay. Thanks for the warning. Here, have a beer on us. They hand you a beer and they take off out the back door. <laughs> so yeah. now you have a beer in hand. And are you going to just like silently slip into the main room? Or are you going to like try and like how how are you going to approach this situation? Do you want to drink your beer? You want to consider using it for something else? Hmm, as much as I really do want to drink the beer, I might want to use it for something else. Tossing it on some guys, hitting someone in the head with it, you know. There you go. Right on. So you come. You As come I do my pack. finishing part of my dance, you can toss it on me like in flash dance. Stump <laughs> <laughs> it down on his. <sighs> um, okay, so you come. You come walking out of the back room here, and uh, the orc is making having a staring contest with Almac, basically. But all the other ones seem like they're pretty intimidated, also entranced. And uh, we got a big bearded wizard behind him going, "Yeah, you feel froggy." And uh, so the orc doesn't say anything. Almac, do you break the staring contest, or do you want to have a staring contest dice roll right now? Staring contest, dice roll. Roll me a 20, no modifiers. This is just a straight dice roll. Here comes the orc, it's gonna get a eight. Be an eight. Natural 20! Yeah! Your eyes disintegrate him. <laughs> 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 He's like, 
my eyes are very dry. It's not because you win, though. And he starts blinking his eyes, and he's completely demoralized. And all the other people have lost respect for him in the group. And they're just like, why don't you get out of here? You guys are really scary. We don't need to we don't need to dance. Like, look at what you did to him. And he's like, I'm not crying. My eyes are just dry. All <laughs> <laughs> back beats his chest in triumph. I could still kick your ass in an arm wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're going to say at that you guys decide not to have a murder fight and you uh, slip out the main door and you make your way towards the town at the edge or the, the shack at the edge of town. Um, let me see here. Rap scallions. Um, the shack is very, very similar to the shrieking shack from Harry Potter. The outside is dilapidated and not well kept. Do you go in? How do you go in? Explain your approach to me. I walk up to the structure and comment on how sturdy and homely it looks. Um, so we're, how about Aquisitus? You are the brains of the operation here. I put the fucking door open. No. <laughs> I don't be too old for this shit. <laughs> so Almar so goes over and he puts his hand on the door and he's just like, this has got good bones. And then this tiny old wizard man goes, I'm too old for this shit. And poof, kicks in the door and walks in. So we're looking at a one room because it's easier to describe one room. In the Flavortown shack, you can you must investigate to find something unusual. There is a tattered sofa, gnarled rugs, pristine pictures on the wall, a safe in the corner, and a bookshelf. What do you guys each choose to investigate? A picture grabs my eye and I must investigate what it is. Okay, roll me an intelligence check to see how well you make out what's on it. You'll be able to see it either way, but you're investigating it for clues. Eleven. That's not terrible. So, in the picture is a dark elf underdark farmer with a pitchfork, and standing next to him is a skeleton wearing women's clothing. But as you investigate it, it's just a picture. Almac wants to hit the safe with the mall. Okay, anything but a natural 20 fails. Go ahead and roll me a d20 with your physical. <laughs> 17. You whack it, and it kind of just goes... Mm. <laughs> Good practice. Uh, Aquisitus, what are you investigating? Uh, I'll peruse the bookshelf. Okay, roll me an uh, intelligence check just to see if you're finding any problems with the books. The books on the shelves that you're reading are When to Run and Where to Hide, A Pacifist's Guide to Combat, Necromancy for Dummies, Know Your Ingredients Using Household Items to Make Potions by Martha Stewart, and Fifty Shades of Grey. So what am I, I'm rolling, what, a 20? You're rolling a 20 with an intelligence modifier to see if there's anything special about this bookshelf. Necromancer for dummies. Uh, 12. A uh, 12. So you uh, 
Fifty Shades of Grey really catches your eye and you open it and you are horrified by what you're seeing. But nothing else particularly <laughs> stands out about this bookshelf. Uh, Ksenia, what are you, what are you going to do? Can I check the room for traps, even though these fools touched a bunch of stuff? Absolutely. Go ahead. I was merely me. looking at this beautiful <laughs> painting. <laughs> so you're looking for tripwires and stuff. Uh, go ahead and roll me an investigation, which is your intelligence. As you can tell by my dancing, I am a purveyor of the fine arts. <laughs> Eight. Eight. Uh, well, yeah. you don't see any traps. Awesome. Awesome. And Ksenia, I'm not telling you what to do, but you do have lockpicks and a lockpicking skill. So if you decide to go into the safe, that is your prerogative, but you do not have to. If you mess up, your pick will get stuck in there and you won't be able to unlock it. But you don't have to do that if you don't want to. No, no, I totally want in that safe. All right. Go ahead and roll me a physical sleight of hand check. 13. 13. You know what? That's good enough. You uh, you put your ear against it, all Ocean's Eleven style. You twist it up and down and up and down. And then you stick the your thing in and you twist it up, you know, like they do. <laughs> uh, anyway, so you, uh, you get this safe open and inside the safe is... Almac is jealous of your skill. There is... 12 was actually the number, believe it or not. I was just fudging it, but yeah, that was the number I had set. So um, there's a potion in there. It says golem killer on it and there's a hundred pieces of gold what do you take what do you do let's take it all you're gonna take it all all right are you gonna be sneaky about like scooping up those gold pieces or are you gonna divide them evenly i'm gonna divide it against my team so far they <laughs> haven't been so bad okay all right sounds good so you like whip out gold for everybody uh how do you guys respond to her giving you guys gold you spoil us with riches. <laughs> Almac like Cassinia. <laughs> ah, yes. More gold so that I may buy finer wardrobes. <laughs> Hildebrand sounds way too intelligent for his intelligence. Uh, th see, uh, am I really intelligent, though? I might just be pompous and, like, I don't really... <laughs> So the way I look at it is zero is average. So you're just below average intelligence. But as far as all Mac goes, are you a negative two in the intelligence or a negative one? Negative one. Okay. So you're also just below normal intelligence. I thought I made you negative two, but then you would be like, all Mac like, all Mac good. So, um. <laughs> is Hildebrand smart or smart like me? Or is he like me? <laughs> is he like me? <laughs> I like to fancy myself as intelligent. <laughs> I hold myself to a higher degree. Okay, so um, you guys are in this shack, and you've investigated the bookshelf, the picture, and the safe. Uh, what do you guys do now? There is also a gnarled rug and a tattered sofa to check out. I would like to walk, to, uh, just kind of meandering around the room, and perhaps trip over the rug, and maybe unroll it a bit to see what's beneath on accident of course it takes absolutely no intelligence to see that there's a nice little trap door under there and it has a nice pull chain on it it's been accessed recently. oh what fortune <laughs> <laughs> so under the carpet you see a uh, trap door and you can easily lift it no traps or anything uh, I did just call it a trap door. It is not. It is just like a hatch. Um, so there's a 
descending staircase that goes into darkness. Uh, what do you guys do? I'll knock my good man. I believe this is where you step in. You first. Almac breathes fire. <laughs> okay. So uh, Almac goes <laughs> fucking a fireball shoot. Like there's just like a, a brief burst of fire and it's lit up and it's just like a dark hallway that descends even deeper and the fire goes away and you're still just like standing there. You can just kind of do it in bursts. You can't like have a constant flame or it'll melt your face off. Almac walks to the edge of the lit up area and then bursts fire again. <laughs> uh, <inclusive laughs> Almac, you fool. Step aside. Uh, I pick up a, a, a rock off the ground and use light to illuminate it. Mm. So for the audience, what does light do? Go ahead and read the name of it or the description. You can make any object that fit in your hand emit a bright light like a flashlight. Perfect. So uh, instead of a rock, let's say you're holding 50 shades of gray still. So you're lighting everything up with 50 (laughs) shades of gray. (laughs) (laughs) So you show that there is uh, a stairwell and you guys make your way down it. It is very dark. Um, So let's see here. Uh, Ksenia and Almac actually can both see in the dark. But um, uh, Hildebrand and Aquisitus are humans, so they cannot see in the dark. So you guys are actually seeing a little bit better than the humans are. But when you get to the bottom, as soon as you get there, uh, these torches light up because it makes it easier just to see what's going on here. Um, There is a uh, golem made of clay, and he's like a human-like creature, essentially. And he sits in front of a door that has chains across it with a big old cartoon lock on it. And he has a table in front of him that has two goblets sitting on it. How's this golem going to sound? Let's say he sounds like this. Hey, um, before me are two goblets of wine. One is poisoned and the other is not. I will drink one and one of you must drink the other. In order to open the door behind me, the contents of both glasses must be consumed. I would like to drink the one on the left, but the choice is yours as to which one you would like to drink. Uh, what do you do? I have a potion that said something about destroying a golem. It's a golem killer on it, yep. But don't we need the golem to perchance drink the poison? Otherwise, our chances of getting through would be inconceivable. Mm, you see where I went with that? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Inconceivable. So you guys can group huddle and like talk about how to get through this puzzle. You got a left and a right. One of them's poisoned. He wants to drink the one on the left. What do you guys think? I say we cut his fucking legs off, <laughs> pour both drinks down his throat, and then both the glasses will be empty, and then the door will open. Pour both drinks down his throat and that golem killer poison. Yeah. Damn, you are a murderous old man. Almac <laughs> uh, doesn't have a whole lot to contribute to this outside of he wants to smash the golem. Well, uh... <laughs> I- Inquisitus, you have uh, proven to be right about many things before. I, I see why I shouldn't be trusting of you now. <laughs> okay, so what are Ksenia, we doing? <laughs> do you have any input on this? Dude, I have no idea. 
I'm assuming this potion, he has to, like, drink it. I can't, like, throw it I on mean, him. It would seem so, but you're not. How about you roll me an intelligence check just to see uh, if that line of thought is correct? How how the poison works. Pull <laughs> yeah. it down the beast's mouth. 20. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't that 20. It was a, it's it's, it's a what 20. What they call a dirty 20 because he had the modifier. Yeah. Modifier. Excuse me. You are rolling awesome tonight. Um, so you assume he has to drink it. All right. Damn. I was hoping we could splash him. And you know that if somebody distracts him, you could probably drip it into one of those glasses of wine for him to voluntarily drink it, which would be much easier than jamming it down his throat. But who am I? I'm just the dungeon master. What do I know? No, I mean, I was thinking the same thing, but with these fools, who knows? I remember a tale where um, a man tried to convince someone of a, a of trickery such as this, but both glasses were full of poison. Who's to say that we are not facing the same thing here? True. We have to, we have to, you do it first and then I'll do it him. <laughs> but he is golem. Do we know if it will actually kill him? Is he affected by the poison? I have the golem potion. We put it in whatever cup he's going to drink. I can get it in the cup. Hmm. Yes. Don't you worry about that. We just got to figure out what cup we're going to put it in. A sexy, sexy smoke lady golem to distract him. <laughs> we got to figure out what cup we're going to put it in. <laughs> Do we trust? Well, he wants to drink the left cup. Yeah, which would, which would mean then possibly that the right cup has the poison in it. Yeah. Right. We have to drink both to open the door, right? First off, which one of you fools is gonna drink this? Is Almac immune to poison? <laughs> As the leader, I elect Almac to be drinking the poison. <laughs> All right, Almac, my man, you gonna drink this potion or this poison? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing right. kills Almac. <laughs> Perchance we um we convince him to drink first, but um maybe we could use your smoke giant to uh slip some of your potion into the left cup before he drinks. Okay. Okay. <laughs> sexy, sexy, smoke. sexy golem activate. <laughs> <laughs> His, uh, uh, up to this point, he's just been like totally stoic and stone faced. But when you blow out a sexy golem with your, your fucking ganja smoke and it starts to also do the hula dance, uh, the golem's eyes do kind of wander a little bit over towards her and he smiles and he's just like, hey, you're looking at me. Hmm. You a smoke golem? <laughs> this is definitely a thing, right? <laughs> so, what do you guys do now? He is distracted by a sexy right, smoke lady. I guess I'm gonna lady. put the golem killing potion in the left cup. All right. So roll me a physical to see if you can do it slightly, and I'll give you advantage. So take the better of two d20 rolls. Ooh, thank God for that. Okay. Nineteen. 19 is pretty damn good. So you just pour it right in there and he like has already turned his entire body and he's just like, me? You are talking to me? Really? And then the smoke kind of disperses as like the, the air in the room moves for no reason because they're, you're in a dark cellar and I don't know why the air would move. But it does and the smoke disperses and uh, he looks back and he's like, 
Are we drinking? Like, this is a good night for drinking for me. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna drink with my buddy Olmec here. Alright, same time, here we go. Bob's oh, up. <laughs> picks up the one on the left. Perhaps you drink first, Gollum friend. How... How, no, no, same how are we to know that you did this. not poison both goblets? You don't? Somebody has to be able to get in here, though, is all I'm saying. I'm designed for one purpose, and it's to open this damn door. So, like, if I'm saying I want to drink this left one, it's up to you which one you drink. But I have to do this every day, and I love wine. All Mac, my good friend, good luck. <laughs> May the gods be with you. Almec <laughs> quickly slugs back <laughs> the right cup. All right, with the same level of fervor, so does the uh, the clay golem. He goes, ah, you fool! See, I poisoned this one that's in my hand. You thought you were so clay, <laughs> and he just yes. melts like clay faced. <laughs> Almec says to himself. Nothing kills Olmac. <laughs> the door behind him remains locked. Uh, what the hell is he was designed to open the door for you, and you Olmec fucking killed him. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a predicament. Violence is not always the answer, children. <laughs> can I pick this lock? You can try. So you will step over some very thick and sturdy looking clay and uh, start picking at this lock. Go ahead and roll me a lock pick sleight of hand check. So that would be your physical. 15. 15. So you start to get it going a little bit. It seems like it's not going to quite make it. And it works out. Oh, right. You popped it right open. And I think this is a good time for us to take Woo! a brief break. <laughs> and we will be yes. right back. Beer and bathroom. Hey there. Do you like movies, cartoons, video games, anime, and everything in between? Then we have a show for you. The Four Nerds by Nerds podcast. Every week, Josh and Ben bring you all the latest and greatest in movie reviews, news, commentaries, interviews, special guests, and tons of bonus episodes. New episodes come out every Monday. We also make great nerdy content on our YouTube channel. You can find our show anywhere podcasts are found. The 4 Nerds by Nerds podcast. Your one stop for all your nerdy needs. Stay nerdy, my friends. Greetings, fellow geeks. I'm Chris Melvin, one of the hosts of the Geek Peak Podcast, where we make it our mission to take you to the summit of pop culture with the best content recommendations from around the interwebs. Whether that's a new show you've slept on, your next favorite movie you're on the fence about seeing, a new track that jams, or what your next happy hour cocktail is going to be, the Geek Peak has you covered. Available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Um, so where we left off, the uh, you guys have now killed the golem, and Tammy just or uh, Ksenia just picked her way right through that lock, no problem. It was almost like the puzzle was pointless. Uh, so uh, the uh, the golem is dead and laying on the ground. You unlocked the door. You open the door to the main chamber of the basement. It is 100 feet wide by 100 feet tall in every direction. It's like a perfect cube because that's just easy room. Um, about 
15 feet away from each wall is uh, two rows of five pillars to support it. So you just basically have a lot of places you can hide with all these pillars. You're coming in the south wall, and uh, in the center of the room is a pillar that is 50 feet tall. There are about 25 human zombies standing between you and that pillar, and they all turn around to see you as soon as you enter this door. Atop the pillar at the center of the room is a beholder. A beholder is essentially a big purple ball with a big mouth that has scary ass teeth. It has a big large center eye and a bunch of eye stalks coming off of the sides that shoot magic and stuff. They're very intelligent and powerful beings, so they tend to manipulate people into doing what they want. They've been known to run crime syndicates, mage guilds, and it seems in this particular circumstance it supports necromancy. Next to him is a creature like most of you have never seen before, but Almac has because they've met before. That's Andrew Antagonist. Uh, like I said, he has ears kind of like an elephant, but they're strangely bony. He has eye socks that stick up over his head, and he has the lips of a frog. Uh, there's His body is an orange and white color. And the beholder turns to him and says, Andrew, it looks like we have company. Take care of them, would you? And Andrew turns and he goes, Oh, you are gonna be dying today, bozos! And a blade made from shimmering light and electricity sprouts from a hilt in his hand and makes a whirring sound. He does a backflip off the pillar to the ground and he says, I'll get to them! And as he shouts, the zombies start to shamble towards you. So, for combat, what we do is we're going to roll initiative initiative is the order in which you guys are going to take your turns and it will make a big difference even though everything is supposedly happening at the same time this is still a game so what i want each of you to do is roll me a d20 and tell me what you get oh a nat 20 let's go three I, I got a two. Me too. And one of the bad guys got a one. <laughs> so, okay. Um, of the two of you, I think Ksenia has a, a higher physical, which means she's slightly faster. So she will be going beforehand. So it is going to be Hildebrand first. Then it is going to be zombies. Then it's going to be um, Andrew. Then it is going to be Almac, and then it is going to be uh, Ksenia, Equisitus, and Beholder. So the Beholder's at the bottom, which is a good thing for all of you. Okay, so Hildebrand, you are first up. You will have an action, a bonus action, and a movement to employ. Between you and the center tower is a shitload of zombies. What do you do? How many zombies are close to me? Um, you're going to have to run about 15 feet to engage in combat with these zombies, but they are shambling towards you. Like, So you can engage. Uh, if you run 15 feet into them, you will be completely surrounded by quite a few of them. I do not want to do that. Um, instead, I will stand my ground, unsheath my sword, and ready my shield, and let out a battle cry. And what does that do? A battle cry allows me to uh, 
yell loudly, I assume. And anyone who can hear you has advantage on their next attack. Perfect. So you have just buffed everybody. And is that an action or a bonus action? That is a ability. So that would be an action? Question mark? An action. Okay, good. So you have your weapon at the ready. Uh, battle cry. Yes, so that is... So you have your weapon at the ready. You have yelled to battle or whatever it is. What do you yell to them to inspire them? Death! <laughs> I love it. Okay, so everybody else has advantage on their next attack, which is helpful, which means you will roll two d20s and take the higher of the two when you make your next attack. Will that be all for your turn? You're holding your ground and you're doing a battle cry and you have your weapons at the ready. I'm holding my ground, shield in hand with my friends behind me. Very good, very good. Uh, next is going to be the zombies. They don't move very fast, so they move about 10 feet towards you as just a big group of zombies. And from behind them, leaps forward. Let me pull up bad guy stats. The Andrew antagonist does another backflip over all the zombies and lands about uh, five feet behind all of them which puts them, uh, how far did I say they were? Like 15 feet from you, 10 feet from you, something like that? 15, you said? Yeah. 15, okay. So he jumps basically into the middle of the zombies and he puts out his hand to do some telekinesis on you, Hildebrand. So he picks you up and throws you against one of the pillars. Um, does a <sighs> 15 hit armor class. My armor class? Um, yeah is 17 with my shield. All right, so he picks you up and he throws you against the wall, but you happen to catch it with your shield and it breaks your, your hit, basically, and you are unharmed. But then he turns to uh, the rest of the zombies and he chants, and uh, two more zombies pop up. So now you have 27 zombies up in your grill. After Andrew the Antagonist comes All Mac. What are you doing, All Mac? All Mac breathes fire. All right. So uh, what are the the actual mechanics on breathing fire on some zombies? Oh, it's on the second page. Sorry. Anyone in front of you for up to 15 feet in a cone must take a physical save of 12 or get blasted by fire for 2d6 damage. Yeah. On a save, they still take half damage. All right. So let's roll some zombies here. Oh, those are two fails couple more fails there's two successes all right so we're gonna say that you just hit eight zombies and two of them succeeded so how much damage are they taken uh 10 10 points of damage so uh you blast fire forth and uh we'll say six of the eight zombies that you hit just fucking disintegrate and two of them are still on fire and shambling towards you so there's your action you have a bonus action and a movement yet uh is there do you have anything under bonus actions you can do i rage you rage all right so mechanically what does that do if I can justify becoming angry and going into a blood rage, I become resistant to non-magical attacks, meaning I take half damage. I can take an extra attack, attack while raging, and rage lasts one minute or until combat is over. It doesn't matter who is near you, you must attack the closest person while raging. Okay, so you're right now you're standing in a cluster of all of your friends. So you might want to use your movement to not be near them as you swing your axe wildly. <laughs> 
I step ahead of my friends and swing my axe wildly. <laughs> Death! <laughs> so, um, the mechanics of movement here are a little fuzzy because you can't, like, we don't have a game board or anything in front of us. So, the zombies are shambling towards you. They're about five feet ahead of you. You just blew a hole clean through them, and you're running into them. How far into these zombies do you want to go? If you go further than 15 feet, you're going to be completely bogged down. Which is fine. If you're ready to fucking kill some zombies and you're in rage mode, that's not a bad thing. 10 feet. 10 feet. Okay, you run into some zombies and you're going to be able to make your next attack with your axe. Go ahead and swing it up. Roll a d20. And add your physical. My maul. Yeah. I'm, I, I maul them. You maul them. So 20. Dirty 20. Dirty 20. Alright, so go ahead and roll some damage for me with your big ass hammer. Four, so 14. 14 damage. You swing your hammer really hard as you... Okay, first you go... Bah! And you shoot fire, and a whole bunch of them disintegrate, and you go, and you run in, and you swing your hammer, and you straight up just blast one of their heads off into tiny little pieces. Um, and that is the end of your turn. Next up is going to be Ksenia. You have just watched your uh, your fearless leader, um, Hildebrand, get picked up and thrown against a wall, but he seems to be okay. And then you saw the breath of fire and your dragonborn barbarian companion run into the fray. Uh, what do you do? Is there any way I can sneak around and get to Andrew? Yes, there is. Go ahead and roll me a stealth check or a physical check to see how stealthily you can move and uh, hopefully none of these zombies are going to see you so I'm going to roll to see if the zombies see you uh, 2 and a 6 they definitely do not good because I rolled an 8 you rolled an 8 so you're, uh, yeah. you slip around uh, one of the pillars we'll say and you're starting to sneak and uh, it seems that Andrew has now turned his attention to you. So he's 100% aware of what you are. Shit. So as a uh, rogue, you are able to sneak as a bonus action. So you still have an action, and uh, you can move as far as you would like to move, up to 30 feet. Shit, I might as well just attack him. How far away is he? Uh, close enough. What's in between me and him? Zombies, probably? We'll say there's like four zombies between you and him but you're pretty slick so uh do you want to use your your ranged weapon or do you want to start hacking some heads i'm gonna hack some heads all right go ahead and roll an attack on some zombies then what when my rolls need to count they don't a one oh no a one! <laughs> no! Catastrophe oh, no. strikes. <laughs> so you sneak around, and uh, Andrew sees you completely, and he points at you, and the zombies turn, and they're like, mm, and you go to swing your sword, or what, what kind of weapon do you have? I gave you a whole list. Which I was going to use a katana. Katana? Damn. So you try and swing your katana all badass, like, and the zombie just happens to, like, be a step slower than you think he is, and uh, you, like, kind of slip, and you fall to your knees for a second. So now, what happens in D&D is when you lose your footing, on your next turn, you have half movement. So you'll only be able to move 15 feet because it'll take you a second to get to your feet. All right, so after Ksenia, we have Aquisitus. You're going to do some crazy shit, because if anyone will, I have a feeling it's you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to use Bane Undead. 
Okay, what does Bane Undead do? Touch an undead Bane and roll a d4. Anything but one will automatically dissolve the undead. If a one is rolled, you become grappled in physical combat. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you got a three out of four chance. Can you kill a zombie that is shambling up towards you? You run up and you grab him. What happens? Go ahead and roll a d4. I got a one. (laughs) (laughs) What is happening? No! (laughs) (laughs) Fucking wrestling. (laughs) So now this zombie is wrestling you in physical combat. Uh, and so he's going to try and take a bite out of you. Um, but he rolled, man, my new dice are terrible. I'm so glad I used these for today. I rolled a three on my new dice and I assume that a four does not hit your armor class. So, and I know it doesn't, so I'm just going to move on. Uh, so now it's the beholder's turn. So the beholder is witnessing. He just watched you go and burn up a whole bunch of them and run in and start smashing heads. And uh, he sees Andrew's doing his job and and uh, a total fumble on Ksenia and Inquisitus's parts. So he's like, I'm feeling pretty good about this right now. He watched old man tackle a zombie to the ground. <laughs> Uh, so beholders are weird because each of their eyes do different things. So I'm going to roll a six-sided dice to see what kind of attack he makes, and then it will uh, determine what you guys need to do in response. So I'm going to roll a five. Five is called Anxiety Blast. So I need all of you to roll a Charisma Saving Throw or you cannot take an action on your next round. So he just hits you all in the head with a bunch of anxiety. You're like, oh, but what if they don't like me? What if I'm annoying? Well, I think I might be annoying. Go ahead and roll me Charisma Saving Throws. With the D20. 13. 17. Success, success. 20. Right. Right. Oh, do we add we add the charisma? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, 21. All right, none of you suffer from anxiety disorder, and you are totally fine. Uh, now we're back at the top of initiative with Hildebrand. You just got thrown against a wall, but you're, you're ready to go. It was approximately 30 feet from where you were originally standing. So we'll say you're, like, off to the left. Okay, so seeing as my good friend uh, Almac is surrounded on most sides, I rush to his aid and attack the nearest zombie to me. The nearest zombie to you. Go ahead and do some uh, dam- some attack rolls here. Can I use abilities during this attack? Yes, you can. Is that how that so works? one of your abilities, instead of doing like instead of announcing this is an attack, you actually can do multi attack and do multi-attack. three attacks. That's what. Uh... Yes. I shall multi-attack the three nearest zombies then. All right. Go ahead and roll me three separate attacks. Like just hit roll 1d20 plus your modifier three times. 10, 16, 10. Okay. Actually, all of them hit. Their armor class as zombies is 10. So go ahead and roll me damage dice for three attacks. What weapon are you using? Sword. 1d8 plus 6. Okay. And roll them separately as you're going to be attacking separate uh, zombies. 7, 14, 8. 
Okay, so the one that you rolled 14 against, the very first one, you just go wham, and you slice his head clean off in one shot. And then the another one starts reaching towards you, and you chop his arms off, dealing some pretty serious damage. And then another one is coming towards you, and you just stab the sword straight into its head, but it's below its brain. It's cutting like right through his nose, at the, the very tip of his nose, and he's moving towards you, and the blade is just going further through his fucking head. Is this really thick gore is just pouring out from where the blade is sticking through. Uh, do you have a bonus action that you'd like to do? Please tell me you have an attack called Blood Rain or something. <laughs> Teabag that son of a bitch. <laughs> My bonus actions uh, are only drink potion, distract a foe, or cast a spell. Uh, and I don't have spells. Alright, so that is the end of your turn then. Next up is the zombies. So we'll start with the one on Hildebrand that is moving Help. towards... Oh. <laughs> Oh dear. So, uh, Help. Oh, oh, oh dear. <laughs> so the one that your your sword is sticking through his head, he keeps moving towards you, and a twenty, a dirty twenty, I imagine, does pierce your armor class. And uh, how about a fourteen? Does a fourteen pierce your armor class? It does not. Okay. What is your armor class anyway? Seventeen. Good, good, good. So as zombies are coming in around you, the only one that was actually successful, you're like jerking your shoulders, getting away from them as they're reaching out for you. And the only one that actually got you is the zombie who uh, you have your sword sticking through his head and he reaches up and he starts clawing at your arms. Let me make sure I'm going to use the right dice here. On a successful hit, he is going to do... Oh, that's pretty not too bad. He does a total oh, max damage, a total of seven points of damage as he's clawing at your arm and ripping your flesh. So I drew first blood. Find a freaking Lee. Persistent bugger. These are new shoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so against Aquisitus, there is a zombie that is locked in combat with you. Does an 11 hit your armor class, Aquisitus. I think I made you change yours to 14, actually. No. All right. So you're like swinging around kind of like a hula hoop, trying not to get bitten by that one. And uh, that's a miss. That's a miss. And that's a miss. So oh, that one's not actually a miss. So all these zombies start to close in around you, and you're avoiding most of them. But then one of them reaches out and grabs you by the back of the hair and his claws dig into your scalp for six points of damage against the back of your damn head. Uh, meanwhile, now all these zombies are going to be approaching Ksenia for, uh, oh, there's a natural 20, uh, an 18, an 8, and a 7, so those don't hit, and we'll do one more for, uh, 12, so does a 13 hit your armor class? No. Okay, so we got two hits on you. One of them is a natural 20. So in combat, if you get a natural 20, that means whatever dice you roll for your damage, you get to roll another one on top of that. So, uh, as there are two attacks that are hitting you for a d6, I'm going to add a third one because of the natural 20. So that is a total of 3, plus 3 is 6, plus 2. So that will be a total of 10 points of damage as zombies have started to swarm on you. Um, am I forgetting anybody? Oh, of course I'm forgetting somebody. I'm forgetting the Dragonborn <laughs> in the middle of a whole shitload of them. Uh oh, a 19, an 18, a 19, so there's three. Let them come. Uh, two, a seven, and a fifteen. Uh, what is your armor class? Is it a sixteen? It's a fifteen. Fifteen. So there's four attacks that are successful, and that is it. Okay, so I will roll four d six to see how much damage you take. 
You take a total of 12 points of damage as these zombies just start piling up on you, biting you, slashing you, doing some damage. Uh, next is going to be Andrew. Andrew is going to do another backflip over some more zombies and land directly in front of Hildebrand with his lightsaber, and he's going to take two attacks to try and attack you. Does a, a 17 does hit, does a 16 hit? Uh, no, I am 17. All right, so his first shot hits you right in the shield as you block him, but he's quick and he brings it down for a low strike for a... Let me see how much damage this, this guy does here. Duel of uh, Fades and... plays in the background loudly <laughs> and intensely. <laughs> 2d10 damage. This is a lightsaber is some fucking serious shit, apparently. Um Oh, for a total of 2d10 plus 3 is going to be uh, 16 points of damage that you take from this lightsaber raking across your guts. Oh, he um, did. He's, he ain't doing great. But next is going to be Almac. In the I have a lot of health. It's okay. He has a shitload of health, so he'll be all right. Um, Almac, now it is your turn, and you are completely bogged down by eight zombies that are ripping and tearing at you. I unleash the mall. All right. I'm still in rage mode, so yep. I absolutely unleash that mall. So roll me two separate attacks. So roll a d20 and add your modifier, and then do it again. 16 and 25. Both are definitely successes. The 25 is a natural 20, so that means that when you go to attack here, roll an extra attack dice. So roll me three d10 plus 10. Uh, 10, 4, and 1 plus 10. 10, 4, and 1 plus 10. Okay, so you we'll say you just swing your maul, and in the direct trajectory, you just smash, like, four of their heads, just bam, 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 and there's just blood and sinew and gore just splashes against the faces of the zombies behind them that are now moving towards you. Is there, that's your main action. You also have a bonus action or a movement. Um, if you move when you're engaged in combat with somebody, they get what's called a free attack on you. So if you decide to turn around and run, they will be able to scratch you as you run away. The breath weapon is an ability, so I can't use that. Uh... Drinking a potion is a bonus action. Um, trying to distract people is a bonus action. Yeah, let me do a health potion. You're going to do the health potion. All right, so a health potion is 2d4 plus 4 that you will regain. So, uh, yeah, that you should be able to plug right into your little, uh, your little emulator. Eight points of health. You get to recover. After Almac comes Ksenia, you have two zombies attacking you, and you are currently on your knees. I'm sorry that the female has to be the one on her knees. I did not plan that. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll attack the zombies in front of me. Okay, go ahead and roll d20 plus your physical. 21. 21. All right, uh, go ahead and roll damage now. Inquisitus, we're going to need some firepower. Seven. <laughs> seven Wait, points seven of damage. Seven plus two. 
Just kidding. Seven plus two. Nine. <laughs> All right. So with zombies, if they take nine points of damage, they have ten health. So if they take nine points of damage, they get to roll to see if they will survive the... At- oh, my God. I rolled a natural 20. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so the zombies that you just slashed are severely hurt, but they remain attacking you. Um, as a rogue, you can disengage from combat, which means that if you were to try and run away from them, they would not be able to hurt you, but you would need to spend your bonus action in that way. Uh, I would recommend that. Okay, let's do that. Okay, so do you want to run... uh, If you run west, you're going into the zombies. If you run east, you're going towards a wall. If you run north, you're moving, like perpendicular to the zombies and the same as south your friends are to the south and the uh the the uh beholder is to the northwest let's go towards my friends in the south okay so you get up to your you slash the zombies from your knees and you stand up and you start to go towards your friends for about 15 feet Equisitus, you are being snapped at by a zombie that did take a little bit of a bite out of you and you have one that's grabbing the back of your head what do you do uh, force field. Okay, there's like a magic word with that, I think. Yeah, you shall not pass! <laughs> <laughs> so what does force field do? Uh, I generate a protective force field around myself until the end of the next turn. Any damage I take is divided in half. Others can you hide behind you. Okay, so others can use you as a shield, essentially. All right, so you now have that on you. Is that an action or a bonus action? That was an action. That was an action. So you have a Um, bonus action and a movement yet. So I'll say as you put up this shield, it's like a glowing light around you, and it breaks their grip on you. So if you did move, you would not take damage. What would you like to do? Uh, I'll move. Okay. Um, Deeper into the zombies or away from the zombies, north, south, east, west? Northwest, towards the beholder. You're going towards the beholder. He is technically directly ahead of you, so you would have to move through the zombies to get there. Is that what you would like to do? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. The (laughs) wizard joins the fray and goes straight in for some fucking zombies, and he is standing directly next to Almac. No drama! We'll say as you're standing next to All Mac, you're able to like disengage several of them from attacking him because you are just a glowing shield at the moment. So you're kind of like back to back, and there's zombies attacking you, and you're able to like keep them off of one side of him just by being there. Um, after Acquisitus is the Beholder, so now I'm going to roll a d6 to see what has to happen next. Oh boy. Okay, so a three. A three is a psychic blast everybody needs to make an intelligence saving throw or take some psychic damage as he brings up all of your the things that you're not proud of in your life just all start to run through your head let's see if you take some damage I got 11 10 (laughs) all Mac got 6 16 all Mac feel bad Alright, so Cassania doesn't take any damage, but everybody else thinks of everything wrong they ever did, and everything else that's just like, oh, I really wish I had handled that situation differently. I didn't need to be rude to that lady that worked at Starbucks. Like, it's... Uh, I'm so sorry. I feel so bad for everything. That dance could have gone better. <laughs> oh, boy. Four plus four is eight. Plus six is... 
Oh, no, plus four. Sorry. Four plus four is eight. So 12 points of damage to everybody except Kasanya, as you are now a little bit, uh, you have on your mind everything wrong you ever did. Oh boy. After the Beholder comes Hildebrand, who is locked in combat like a freaking Jedi against Jar Jar Binks. I mean, Andrew Antagonist. <laughs> I say, Andrew, you fiend, take this and use a multi-attack on him. All right, go ahead and roll your three attacks on Andrew Antagonist. God, I hope you do well. 19, 14, hit, 14. Hit. hit. So go ahead Hell and roll yeah. three damage or three damage dice and three modifiers. Fuck yeah. Eleven. Good. Eight. Ooh. And fourteen. Fourteen. Fuck yeah. Okay. So uh, as he's like, you guys are locked in combat, swinging swords against lightsabers. You manage to get this crazy combo in where you like slash him right above his knees, and he drops to his knees, and you slash him across his arms, and he drops his lightsaber. And on the return, you decapitate him immediately in one fell swoop. Take that feet. Spit on his body. With his head <laughs> rolling from his body. All of the zombies kind of just dissolve into ashes, and you're all just standing in a room with a beholder now. Hell yeah. Uh, you have a bonus action and a movement, yes. I would very much like to... Um, Kick his head. Well, I'd, I'd very much like to drink a potion, because I'm not feeling the healthiest. And also, I'd like to regroup with some of my friends. <laughs> so we'll say you run into the center of the fray where, where all the other zombies yes. were, and you are with those three, while Ksenia is a little bit like down to the southeast right now. But she is able to easily recover and join you guys if she needs to. So uh, go ahead and roll 2d whatever plus whatever for your health. It is 11 total, so I gain 11 health. You get 11 health back. Almac, a wizard just came busting in, knocking over zombies, protecting your back. You have these zombies biting at your face. And right when you're about to just take a bite out of them, they all suddenly just dissolve. What do you do? I roar and shoot fire into the sky <laughs> in glory. Are you aiming for the beholder? Oh. Uh, you don't have no. to. You can shoot into the sky no. for funsies. Not, not at first, but I'm then. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not aiming at the beholder. All right. So you shoot flames up into the air and you turn towards the beholder and uh, your friend, uh, the, the, uh, the, the Hildebrand, comes running up behind you and you guys are standing together kind of like the Avengers. And you see uh, Ksenia in the back going, here too. What? You have a bonus action and a movement. Do you want to move at all? Or are you good standing in a group with them? Am I still raging? Yeah. No, I'm good staying in a group. Okay, you're standing in the group. Uh, so then it is Ksenia. What are you going to do? I'm going to move with them. So you guys are all standing in like a little circle. The camera's spinning the around. The camera you. pans around us. Yep. <laughs> Um, so, uh, as you're close to your friends, you have, like, special damage you can do, but the Beholder's about 15 feet away from you guys, and he's about 15 feet up in the air on a pillar, essentially. 
So, uh, Ksenia, now you've moved half your movement into their space. Do you want to move towards the Beholder? Do you want to try and hide? Uh, do you want to take a shot with your little crossbow thing? What would you like to do? Let's take a shot with my crossbow. All right, so you flick your wrist out, and a freaking tiny crossbow pops out of your sleeve into your hand, and it's fucking dope. Everyone agrees, it's fucking dope. And uh, you're going to go ahead and roll a physical attack as you take a shot towards the Beholder. Kill this fucker in one shot. his <laughs> eye out. <laughs> 16. 16 is a hit. Go ahead and roll for some damage. Four. Four points of damage is not zero points of damage, so that's good. Four points of damage against the beholder. So you're, uh, you like, the camera spins around, burr, 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 and it just comes to a screech as you go, wham, bam, and you fucking hit it in one of its little <laughs> yeah. eye stalks, and it's like, hey, wow, that was actually pretty cool. Uh,. After Ksenia comes Aquisitus. Oh, I'm gonna launch Fireball. <laughs> You're gonna cast Fireball? Oh, yeah. Alright, go ahead and describe to the audience what Fireball does. I conjure magical flames with my staff. I muster all of my might to throw an enormous ball of flame and cause an explosion. Everyone within 60 feet must make a physical save of 15 or higher. <laughs> On a failure, they take 8d6 damage on a success they take half damage you can only cast it up to 45 feet away so you cast a fireball on him everybody make a physical save including you Aquisitus he's an absolute madman Aquisitus (laughs) (laughs) why was this not your first weapon against the zombies I I got a 15 perfect you take half damage do I use a physical modifier? Yes. Then I get 21. This is good. 12. Oh. Nat 20. Yeah! <laughs> On a nat 20, you take no damage, so you happen to just be slick enough to zip right out of there. Josh, roll me 8d6 damage, all of which uh, good old Almac will enjoy. Two. That is not possible because you're rolling eight eight dice, so it's going to be a minimum of eight. <laughs> oh, I thought you said to roll a six. No, no, roll uh, eight d six, eight of them. Oh, okay. Let's see. Jesus Christ! As a dragonborn, I don't have any kind of fire resistance. <laughs> in the normal game, yes, but I didn't put it in the rules for this one, mother. <laughs> Uh, so 15 15 points of damage with 8d6 that's not too bad yeah there were a lot of ones in there (laughs) (laughs) yeah hell yeah this is good okay so um that so uh all mac gets to enjoy 15 points of fire damage and everybody else gets seven except for um Inquisitus because he has this magic little shield on him so you actually take four points of damage but the uh, the beholder lives, and he looks at you, and he goes, "That sucked. What the fuck, man?" <laughs> um, after Equisitus comes the beholder, and he's really pissed off, and he's like, "That was fucking rude, dude. Like, why?" I just rolled a one and a one. Oh dear. One's the one you got. He falls off the pedestal into melee range. (laughs) You know what? That totally happened. When he shot the fireball, he landed in melee range. But 
In response to your uh-huh. fireball, I rolled a one, which is the one you don't want. You need to make an intelligence save or immediately be turned to stone and die on the spot, Acquisitus. Oh my. <laughs> so I'm rolling a 20, yeah. You're rolling a 20 and adding your modifier. Uh, f- five. <laughs> He goes, what the fuck, man? That was just rude. And then out of his big center eye, he shoots just this, like, a flash of, like, white and gray. And it, like, makes everybody's eyes sparkle for a second. You're all a little disoriented. And you look around, and Aquisitus is a statue of Aquisitus giving two middle fingers to the (laughs) beholder, just frozen in place. Real big dick. And he has a huge (laughs) dick sticking straight out. It just so happens he got he was rock hard when he was when he was solidified. Very. <laughs> I'd be rock hard if I just threw a giant fireball that caused a badass explosion. Hell yeah! All his friends are on fire. I died as a, a hero. <laughs> <laughs> a hero to the very end. Hildebrand, it's your turn. Enraged seeing my friend turn to stone, I look at my sword, Heaven's Bane. I give it a little kiss. <laughs> and I charge the beholder and use a multi attack. Alright, roll him up. So, 18, 18, 17. Nailed it. Go ahead and That's roll. Uh, so, roll three damage dice and three times your modifier. So, whatever it is, it's plus 15. Yeehaw. Plus 12. That is 8. And that is 14. Big damage. So you run up and you chop off each one of its eye stalks and you jam your blade clean in through its eye. And the beholder's big nasty smile goes, and he's fucking dead. He just falls (laughs) dead completely limp. You just avenge the shit out of your friend. Uh, What do you guys do now? You, You ended combat. I lick the blood off of Heaven's Bane. Almac casually walks over to the statue of Aquisitus and puts his chain of revival upon his neck gently and kisses his forehead <laughs> as Aquisitus comes back to life. Still not. Right. <laughs> we all cry like in the Pokemon movie <laughs> in our tears. <laughs> No, I, I literally have a chain of revival that undoes someone being frozen instead. <laughs> oh, well, that's very useful. Well done again, Almac. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that totally happens. The chain, he puts it around his neck, he kisses his forehead, and then he sheds a tear, and the tear travels across the ground and up on his body and into the, this this necklace and everybody else cries for a second too and all of your tears like anime just slide across and they go into this necklace and just like the show gargoyles because we're on cartoon night references from the 90s right now just like gargoyles he breaks free from the stone and what do you say as you come back to life i am reborn that is inquisitus the endowed good to have you back inquisitus Still raging hard. (laughs) I shall now be known as Aquisitus, the heavily endowed.
All righty, guys. So what do you do now? Blood orgy. <laughs> <laughs> Is All there right. loot? Yes, yeah, so I'd, I'd like to loot the Beholder. Actually, I'd like to loot uh, Andrew. How about we just loot everybody? Everyone roll me an intelligence check to see how well you find shit. Just look at everything. Let's loot it all. I got eight. Oh, boy. That's a five. Okay, so uh, so Josh got an eight. So, um, Acquisitus, you find a pack of Magnum condoms. Oh, yes. <laughs> I make love to the dead beholder's corpse. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Acquisitus. I knew your taste for battle was strong, but this may be too much. (laughs) Okay, Ksenia, what was yours? 15. 15. With a 15, you find an emerald ring, and uh, the, the ring speaks to you all the celebrity gossip that happened in the 1970s in the united states america it's just always whispering about how there was like a ship and there was a guy uh roman polanski and how terrible he was and so on and so forth i'm making these up on the spec i have no idea what i was not planning for this um So um, he's like, you were meant to die to the bold. (laughs) No one plans for heaven's bane. (laughs) Speaking of which, what did you roll for your investigation or your intelligence? I I, I rolled a five. (laughs) You rolled a five. You find uh, a boot that looks exactly like Ksenia's. But if you put your foot in it and you stomp, a knife sticks out of the front of it. So it's like a surprise boot knife you can kick people with. Hell yeah. Wonderful. And last but not least, <laughs> Almac, what did you roll? I got a 12. You got a 12. With a 12, you find another health potion. Ah. Uh, Good job. What's lost is found. <laughs> So with the threat defeated, you have saved Flavortown from the zombie horde. Thank you guys for playing this with me. It was super fun on my part. I hope you guys had fun too. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> I'm balls deep in fucking beholder brain. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me D&D ain't great. You can't do that in a video game. <laughs> Audience, if you liked what you heard, Check out Toast of the Realms podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can find us on social media. Twitter is at Realms Toast, and on Instagram is Toast of the Realms podcast. Uh, do you guys want to plug your shows since you're going to be like on each other's shows? Go for it, Tammy. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, me and Tammy do the Four Nerds by Nerds podcast. We do episodes every Monday and Friday do a lot of movie commentaries and stuff like that you can follow our show on twitter fmbn podcast we are on facebook and instagram fmbn the number four and the letter u and we also do a pop culture geek nerd kind of show uh we drink a beer or alcoholic beverage at the beginning of every episode we talk about that um we also do music recommendations video games movies tv shows we shoot the shit and are pretty ridiculous so you know if you're looking to yeah, yeah. Uh, get a little rowdy show's always a good time fun times so all around geek, you know. geekpod.com. hang with the boys yeah.
Instagram and Twitter is at GeekPod. There you go. There you go. Check them out. I love both of their shows. You should also check out the Disc Dump Podcast. It's the show where we watch movies, play games, or listen to music in an effort to decide, are we going to keep the disc or are we going to dump it? Uh, and that's uh, that's my show, The Disc Dump with a C. Thanks for having me on your show, guys. This was super fun. Fuck yeah, dog. Yeah, thanks for doing this for us. It's been awesome. Thanks for DMing, man. Hell yeah. Toast. We never give up, we never back down, we'll fight until the last. We'll save the day for lots of pay, don't worry about our past. We'll delve the darkest dungeons, the deepest caverns too. The underdark Jurassic Park, just to name a few. We are the We'll sail the Carving Islands, a peak and sandy shore. Trombolian bagel beaches and even to Ovens core. A wild magic forest, a prison's castle walls. There is no place we wouldn't go, but here to conquer all. We are the toast, 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 toast of the round.